Welcome to the Business Not As Usual podcast with me, Joe Casey, helping coaches, healers, and service-based folks navigate these strange and frankly scary times. It's clear we're in uncharted territory, but you're not alone. In fact, there's no one person going to solve this, but we can do it together. Join me and my guests as we discuss where they're at with figuring things out, how you can take care of yourself emotionally and physically, answer those marketing questions such as, do you still market right now? And can you do that without being insensitive? We'll also be talking about what's giving us joy because we need that more than ever. Gabrielle, hello. How are you? Hello. I am I'm well, thank you. That's good. You sound surprised. Well, I guess when I hear people say, how are you? A lot of the time right now it's coming out as people saying, you know, oh, I'm stressed. And then, you know, it's straight Mm -hmm. into how they're feeling about the pandemic. But actually Mm -hmm. I am well, I'm safe, I'm healthy. My loved ones are safe and well and healthy. Mm -hmm. So right now that looks really good, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's. I like it when I have those days where I can be grounded and remember all of that stuff. I will be honest and say I'm not there all of the time, but um, yeah, very, very lucky. And it's good, I think, when we can lean into and remember that kind of, you know, right now I am safe. The people I love are safe. It's, yeah, it could be a lot worse. Um, I'm very aware that we've launched straight into our conversation. And yet again, I have forgotten to uh, introduce my guest. So you're listening to (laughs) Business Not As Usual um, podcast. Sorry, we had some technical uh, issues trying to go live on Facebook, which we've abandoned. Um, But would you mind introducing yourself and telling folks what it is that you do? Because I think there's going to be a lot of people who are really 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 keen to listen to our conversation because i know you've got loads of wisdom that you'll be able to share no pressure pressure joe so i am gabrielle trainer and i am a mindset and positive psychology coach and a podcaster and a writer and a teacher and i help Women who feel overwhelmed by or they're overdoing, they're overthinking, you know, the good girl conditioning that we've had, all of that stuff, all piling on their shoulders, all that overwhelm to release it, to overcome their overwhelm, to feel more calm and more in control of their own lives, because that's something that they don't feel at all. Um, More confident that they can handle stuff and to simply and most importantly feel happier as they go about their ordinary everyday lives so like 51 percent of the population then all of us (laughs) (laughs) um so that is already something that there's a big need for anyway when we're not in the middle of a global pandemic and teetering on the edge of you know global recession um, what were they saying in the news this morning? Uh, not been this bad since the Great Depression. So there's nothing like, you know, laying on the, the drama and the, the portent of it all. So that's what you do in quite, quite normal circumstances. 
Um, how are things impacting you, your clients, your business? Now we are in the midst of a global pandemic. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when it all started to really hit us here in the UK, you know, when it stopped being this thing that was happening in other countries mm. and started to be not just at our doorstep, but coming right through the door, um, I was, you know, looking around at what everyone else was doing, listening to what everyone else was doing and think to myself, oh, everybody's overwhelmed. I help people who are overwhelmed. I've got to help everybody and I've got to help them now. Oh, quick. You know, and I was overwhelming. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh my God, I'm now getting overwhelmed by the feeling that I must help everybody mm. and I've got to be really impactful right now because this is what I do. And so this is, you know, this is where I am needed. Oh, and I was you know, looking at lots of other people do lots of things and thinking, well, maybe I need to do different things. Maybe I need to create some new services some new products. Um, you know, maybe I need to shout more loudly about what I'm doing. Maybe I need to do things differently. Maybe I need to, you know, not be how I have been and be a different me. Pressure yeah. piling on myself. All the stuff that I talked <laughs> with people about, of course. And then I kind of realized that, Actually, this is what I do already. I help people with their overwhelm already. That's what I've been doing for a long time. It's what I'm going to be continuing to do after this has passed in whatever shape that could look like. Mm. So I don't need to go about doing things differently. I can just keep doing things the way I've been doing. Obviously, fully taking into account the current situation. It's not like I'm just you know, charging on with a content plan that I made you know, last year or anything like that. But I don't need to go revolutionizing what I do or do something radically different because if what I'm here to do is to help people with overwhelm and that's what I've been doing, I'll just keep doing that. And that was, that was quite nice to realize because then I could actually, all that pressure that I was starting to put myself, I could then just tip off my shoulders and say, yeah. all right, let's just carry on as, as we've been doing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, actually maybe... You do need to talk a little bit more about it because it's so interesting. I've been listening to all your other um, podcasts and lives oh, with all the gorgeous women you've had on. And I think it was you and Ellie were talking about, um, you know, kind of needing to, to sort of step up a little bit. And, you know, if you've not been talking clearly in your marketing about mm. your work, this is the time to actually kind of get over yourself a little bit and get on with it and that's something that I've always struggled with and that's something where I'm thinking okay this is where I need to stop with the oh I don't want to annoy people I don't want to be talking about it too much mm. actually no I need to get over myself and I need to speak up more so that's the thing that I'm working on I'm not trying to come up with brand new products I'm not trying to come up with new services I'm not trying to completely reinvent myself because that isn't necessary or needed but what I do want to do and need to do is talk about what I already do more in the hope that it reaches more people who are the people who need it. And the people who don't need it, then they don't need to listen to me. They can, you know, scroll on by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lovely revelation, but a realization, I, I should say. I was fascinated as you were as you were talking about that, you know, once it started to come through our doors. So, you know, I think I think there is that thing of when there's something kind of it's distant. We've had these things before. We've had it with SARS and with um, 
you know, the Ebola outbreak, and it's a, a long way away, and it's awful, but we don't have to think about it. And then there was that week, I think, or about 10 days where it suddenly seemed to be like, whoa, th- this is real. And everyone's going through all of these kind of big emotions. And one of the things that I noticed in myself and in a lot of my my my, my clients who are almost all w- women, I'll tell, t- you know, I have maybe the, the odd um, guy who's, who's a client, um, but, you know, generally women, my friends, uh, my kind of peers is... For an awful lot of us, we had that very same urge of, oh, I've got to do more to help try and alleviate this, to try to help try to mitigate, to, to, to care, to, to soften. And I think there is this, A, that, that can be a lovely, that comes from a lovely place of wanting to, to help. And also, I know from my work around feminine conditioning that that's something that for a lot of us, we, we've, been conditioned to feel like that's kind of your ultimate purpose is to look after everybody else so there's a need here go you can sweep in you can be even more valuable here and that's an incredibly fast route to uh to burnout um and so i i saw myself go through it and then have this really kind of do 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 week you know i'm trying to make sure that um I mean, my, my my dad had actually been really sick the the week or two before lockdown. He and well, my mum is still convinced that he had COVID, but he had all the symptoms of COVID and ended up in hospital with viral pneumonia, and it was really really scary. And that was kind of happening the week before we went into lockdown. Um, they tested him for COVID, and it came back negative. Although the doctor said we still think you have COVID. Um, I don't know how accurate the, the testing was. You know, we're going back kind of three or four weeks, uh, four or five weeks now. So there was all that. And then I, because we were managing that with all of that, that fear and that terror and and it feeling very, very real. And then this massive wave of relief when he rallied and was able to be sent home. And we were all like, no, you never leave in the house again. That's fine. Just stay there. You're safe. Everyone can be safe. I'm doing all this running around, trying to make sure that all of my, my loved ones are safe. I'm doing things like I'm, I'm buying things for the garden so that we can build a vegetable garden. So that we, And I'm going into full, what's that, uh, kind of um, over-responding mode, which I think... Mm. I, I, I know I wasn't the only one kind of doing that. And then the next week I was utterly exhausted. And then I was finding the next week I was kind of upright. Oh, okay, I'm back out there again. <laughs> and it's taken me a few weeks to find a bit of an equilibrium to kind of go, you can't solve this. So it's all that you're doing, trying to kind of solve everything, control everything, is convince yourself that you have more control over things than you actually do which sucks because it feels really scary to that realization that we're not in control of a lot of stuff. Um, so I, I find your, uh, your approach and your area of work absolutely fascinating because I know how needed it is. And also I know the difference between intellectually knowing something and actually doing it and living and breathing it. I know that one of your, one of your real gifts is to help people to kind of ease into the actual living and existing and being with um with that rather than I think what 
what I can sometimes be <laughs> a bit too good at, which is intellectually, I know what I should be doing, but I'm not actually putting it into practice. Am I just babbling or does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And yeah, I mean, there's so much. <laughs> help me, Gabrielle, help me is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a start, I know that everybody listening is also going to be nodding along like I have been doing mm. and saying, oh yeah, yeah, I recognize that because I mean, you know, I've learned so much from you about female conditioning. And you're absolutely right that that is our first go-to is I've got to help. I've got to help. I've got to make everything better. Mm-hmm. One, because that's the, you know, we are lovely, caring people, but also because we've been taught that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And then there's also that thing of if I, if I get, if I can stay in control of these things, if I can help these people, then, then I've got a grip on stuff. Yeah. And we need to have a grip on things. We need to mm-hmm. feel like we are in control because so much is not in our control, so much is not unknown. But I know that if I do all of these things, then I'm in control, I've got a grip, and I somehow am going to steer the ship. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. <laughs> We're really not going to steer the ship, but we feel like we are. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, there are, I'm going to go with this analogy, there are multiple ships here, and we have our own little ship which we can steer, which is what we do and how we respond. Mm. And we can absolutely have a really positive effect on ourselves, our family, our neighbours. We cannot have any influence over the government and what they're doing. Right at this moment, I personally cannot get the government to, to do anything that I want them to do. I cannot personally make them find PPE and get it quicker to the people who need it. And me continue. No matter how much you shout at Dominic Raw through the TV screen. <laughs> Tried. <laughs> <laughs> so me continuing to fight with that and to, you know, and, and to, to try to control ships that aren't my ships. I'm still going with that analogy. I really like the ships. <laughs> yeah, go with the ships. I like the ships analogy. That, that isn't going to get me anywhere apart from more stressed mm. and, and upset and angry. And it's going to keep me stuck in that sort of spinning round and round and round overwhelm. That doesn't mean that I just, you know, completely give up trying to be of any help to anybody. If there's a petition that I see come up that I could sign, if there's something, you know, if something comes across my path that actually, or maybe I could, you know, stick my name in this, I could, I could donate to that thing. Maybe there's a way that I can have some influence, then I can, I can do that. But it's influence, it's not control. But what I can control is my own response and what I do. So I can control whether I want to consider, uh, to continue to sit and spin in that stuck Mm. or I can say you know what the government is driving me up the wall the news is stressing me out I'm just going to step away from the news and what am I going to do I'm going to phone my neighbor who is self-isolating because they're 80 and say how are you doing what's you know have you been in your garden are you growing anything do you want me to get you some shopping how's your family I'll have a chat I can do that and that Mm. has a purpose and that I'm still helping and I'm still, you know, exerting some control in the world, but it's, I'm not controlling that person. I'm controlling my action. And my action is to still do something that makes me feel like I'm having a positive impact in the world, but it's something that's achievable and doable. And that, you know, it's, it's bringing it down. And it, it can feel like that's not enough because how is that really helping? But you know what? That's helping that individual and it's helping me. Yeah. Because then I come away from that conversation feeling a whole lot better than if I had spent that 10 minutes half an hour however long in front of bbc news website or the news channel or listening to the news on the radio and so that's helping me feel better and if i feel better i'm then going to be able to 
continue going about my life and, and talking with other people coming from a more grounded, not necessarily positive, but just a slightly more harmonious, less overwhelmed place, mm. which is good for me and it's good for other people. But it, you know, it doesn't just have to be good for other people. It's good for us too. Yeah, I think that's, I, somebody had sent me a, a quote from a Mary Oliver poem the other day because I was, I, was, I was having one of those days where I was really struggling with the guilt of not doing enough, feeling like, and also getting caught up in that sense of, I'm feeling fed up. I'm feeling fed up that I can't just nip to the shops. I can't just go and get together with my mum, my dad, and my brother, and my sister-in-law. Um, and that sucks. And I really don't like this. And I feel sad and I feel frustrated. And Oh God, what's wrong with me? People are dying. And you're wor-. and I went straight to that real self-recrimination place. And I can't remember the line. I'll, I'll find the, uh, the line of the poem. Um, but that idea that our emotions aren't good or bad, they just are. And I think when we try and shut down certain ones... Or, or, or kind of have this pecking order of, you know, being altruistic is better than just being calm uh, or, you know, whatever it might be, being heroic is better than, yeah, I, I don't know, going out and, and delivering stuff or being a, a, a respiratory nurse is so much better than um, giving your, your neighbour a call. Well, it is if you're a qualified, trained respiratory nurse. But if I then went and tried to do that, I would cause all so I think a lot of the, these kind of mental mental kind of frames that we, we have running and I, I find it quite interesting just seeing what kind of things are coming up for me at the moment about these things and how easily they break down once you start to poke them but there is something about you need to be grounded enough to be able to go that's not true because I think when we're certainly when I'm really agitated or I'm feeling quite anxious or I'm not grounded, I'm not very kind of, you know, um, calm. I have watched too much news. I am shouting at the telly, that kind of thing. Then it's a lot more difficult for me to look at the stuff that my brain is throwing up and, and say, that's not true. That's not helpful. Um, yeah. I, do you, do you yeah. find that? Yeah, and I think if, if we were in a beautifully calm place, a lot of those thoughts wouldn't even come into our heads in the first place. Yeah. What I personally find helpful and what I've talked with the people, the women that I work with mm. and what they have found helpful, so maybe other people find helpful listening, is getting it out of just the silent, you know, shouty conversation inside your head and getting it out in some way. So either talking to yourself, which I'm a big fan of, I've talked to myself my entire life and it's been quite useful, or, you know, or generally writing it down, but getting it out and kind of talking through it. Because while you're talking inside your head to yourself, mm. that's where everything stays a tangle and everything feels overwhelming because all the thoughts come very quick and you can't sit through them. And... Whereas actually speaking them out loud, you can't speak I can speak quite fast but I can't speak as fast as I do inside my head mm -hmm. and I absolutely can't write as fast as I can think and so when you talk it out or you write it down 
that's when you can talk through it. And then you can also kind of, you get a bit of distance and you sort of hear yourself saying, well, well, yes, of course it would be lovely if I could, you know, be somebody working in ICU and be making a real difference, but I'm not an ICU nurse or have any medical training. So Mm. no, that isn't helpful. So now I can actually see the thought I'm having. I realize that thought it is not only not helpful, but also it's just, it's so outlandish. Then no, actually, that's not something for me to feel guilty about because I am not somebody who is trained to be in the ICU. So that's, yeah, okay. So I, I can more easily let go of that thought now because I'm no longer in it, mm-hmm. spinning in it. I'm actually able to look at it and see it for what the thought is. And actually, yeah, that's not, you know, that is not something for me to feel guilty about because I am not an ICU nurse. And so I think it's getting that separation is going to help you to then be a bit more grounded about how you can actually start to challenge them. And sometimes, you know, there isn't challenging. Sometimes it's actually just a case of, this is horrible. I feel horrible. I feel like I'm not being of any use to anybody. I don't feel like I'm making a difference. Talking to my neighbor is not enough. There is too much pain in the world. And it's, you know, and actually just talking through, this is how I'm feeling. This is feeling horrible and being compassionate with yourself and instead of beating yourself up and it's much easier I think to be kind to yourself when you speak it out loud because then you hear the pain that you're Mm -hmm. saying and therefore you can be more compassionate to yourself because you hear your angst and your sadness and so then you can you can allow yourself to be sad and say god it's really this is hard this is really hard this horrible situation I hate feeling powerless I can't do anything about it and that's really upsetting and actually, what I want to do right now, I want to have a cry. I'm just going to go and take myself off. You know, if you're, you've got a house full of people, take yourself off to the bathroom or wherever if you want privacy and have a big old ball if that's what you do. Or if you need to go beat the living daylights out of your duvet, that is what you do. Or go to the bottom of the garden and have a yell or whatever. But allow yourself to have these feelings. I find personally that, that when you... Allow yourself to have the feelings, even the feelings are anger, confusion, and it's all happening at once and it's all going on. But allowing yourself to have those feelings, you're going to be able to move through them. It's when you don't want to look at those feelings and you push them away and you pretend they're not happening and they're too uncomfortable, so I don't want to know. And I've got to put on a brave face and I've got to get back to being helpful. Then you stay stuck within those feelings. They're going to keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back like a little pesky, you know, thing that's tapping on your shoulder. But actually, letting yourself feel those feelings and they aren't in it you can feel there's a lot of the word feel going on here (laughs) but it can feel scary to feel those feelings because i don't want to feel angry i don't feel sad i don't feel upset or frustrated or scared but no feeling lasts for a very long time feelings are not permanent they don't stay around forever and by allowing yourself to feel it and being kind to yourself while you're feeling it and going oh god this is i'm this is scary feeling a scary feeling you're going to be able to get through it and move on to the next feeling it doesn't mean that that feelings never come back because it will but you will pass through it for this moment and move to the next feeling which is probably going to be calmer feeling and then oh okay actually the fear has eased a little bit the anger has eased a little bit the upset has eased a little bit And I'm no longer in the thick of it because I've allowed myself to feel it and I've given myself a break. And so then you can come out the other side of it, which is way more preferable to staying stuck within it and just going round and round within those uncomfortable feelings. 
Yeah. It's like um, my, my, um, my daughter's 10 and she had her first, what I think was an anxiety attack about a week or so ago. She just couldn't understand what was happening and then it all kind of overwhelmed her and then she was getting afraid of the, the fear and why was I feeling like this and I just feel like something terrible is going to happen and it all started to, to, to escalate. Oh, that was it. You know, so it was apparent. It was really heartbreaking. And all I could say to her is, "I promise you, this is going to pass." You know, hold my hands, look at me. I promise you, this is not going to last for much longer. You just have to, you know, get through it, and then it'll be over. Whatever it does, whatever it does. And of course, it did. And um, and then we had a conversation afterwards about um, whenever I've had panic attacks in the past or anxiety attacks, that it's almost like that the fear that oh my god one's starting one's starting it started that kind of oh, i don't know that's that's almost like throwing petrol on the, the the little flickering flame whereas if you just allowed it to to pass through and i know uh, an anxiety attack isn't a more extreme example um then it's over a lot faster than doing all that stuff of like say trying to ignore it or trying to do so to distract it or fight it off um it's it's yeah it's, it's like we're not taught how to how our emotions even work I think yeah absolutely I mean I think it was <laughs> I was well into my third decade before I discovered that actually feelings aren't bad or good mm. that was a revelation yes I can remember a therapist once saying that to me and I was just like <laughs> <laughs> But I don't, you went to I don't, college to train in this? You say something that stupid. What do you mean? Honestly, could not compute it at the yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you mean that, that feeling sad or angry or frustrated or scared isn't bad? I don't want that feeling. I don't like that feeling. I would like to never have those feelings. Thank you yes. very much. Thank you. That's what I'm paying you for. Please <laughs> give me the skill. Yeah. <laughs> Discovering that actually those are just feelings and you feel them and you can move on from them was was it was interesting because the more the more that you discover what you can't control the more you feel in control because you can then let go of the stuff that you can't control which then makes you feel more in control because you've been able to let go of it mm-hmm. weirdly and so learning that actually the uncomfortable feelings that you don't like so much aren't actually bad feelings changes how you feel about those feelings which makes you feel a little bit more empowered weirdly and so then when you can let go of the fact that i need to never ever feel those feelings because they're horrible and to know that okay i don't want to feel those feelings especially but i'm going to be all right if i do i'm not going to live in them forever makes you feel like you've got a little bit of control back you're not completely at the mercy of your rampant emotions that you have you know that will just run right over you and that helps you feel, you know, a little bit like you've got a little bit more control again because you're recognising what's not in your control, weirdly. It's wild, isn't it? The human brain is fascinating. Yeah. How did you get in? I don't know if I've ever asked you this. How did you get into doing this, this kind of work? Because you were a stationary <laughs> designer. <laughs> I've there's been a, a convoluted route shall we say my very, I, this is my third career my first career was in publishing youth of and course, children's yeah. publishing mm-hmm. um 
And so, yeah, in the last place that I worked was a, a children's newspaper where we had News 24 on all day long, mm. which for a, yeah, an introvert, sensitive empath, I later discovered was probably not the best thing <laughs> for me. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting what you discover that you're able to deal uh-huh. with when you have to. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so I left that and, be- and set up my own stationery business, ran that for a few years. But then how I came to be where I am now is because I was somebody who absolutely struggled with overwhelm, didn't really recognize it as that for a lot of my life. I was a deep, well, still am a deep thinker, but I would get very much stuck in my thoughts and live in my head quite a lot. Mm. I was overdoing as well as overthinking because I was being the good girl and I worried what people thought of me and I needed to do what people expected of me. I needed to, you know, be nice and kind and helpful and amenable and reliable and I needed to not get anything wrong and I needed to not mess up. And all of that pressure meant that I was just on the go the whole time. I was doing whatever else anybody else needed to do, me to do and not whatever I needed to do. And thinking way, 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 way more than I needed to do about all of it as well. And so all of that overwhelm just just got to me frankly to the point where I thought I cannot keep doing this I'm you know my on paper my life is great inside nope not feeling it I don't you know why am I not really a particularly happy person when I don't have anything to really not be happy about and of course then you've piled some guilt about that as to you know why you would not be happy in your life when you've got nothing to not be happy about. You know, there's nothing to complain about. And so I started to look around for what could be helpful. And I discovered the world of positive psychology. And it was like the doors of heaven opened. It, like, you know, angels oh. sang <laughs> in a bookshop. <laughs> and that was just, yeah, a complete and utter revelation. So everything that I learned, I was just trying out myself. I was my own guinea pig. And, you know, what was working for me and that was beginning, you know, what you were saying before about how, you know, when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to be able to come from a grounded place and be able to see how to deal with things. And the more that I was trying things out and they were working for me, the more I started to settle and feel grounded and could look at things more calmly. And that's when I started to think, you know what, I cannot be the only person. Whereas, of course, most of my life, I thought I was the only person who felt like that. The only hard. person who worried about those things and dealt with those things. And then when I was able to get a little bit of distance from all of my overdoing and overthinking and overwhelm. And then realize, you know what? There's bound to be other people. Lo and behold, there are. (laughs) So (laughs) that's when I started to explore how I could share what I was learning with other people and come at it from a, this is what I've learned from positive psychology, but this is my experience. This is what I've been through. Does that ring a bell with you? Okay, well, then this is what has helped me. Maybe it would help you too. Shall we explore and see what could help you, what could not. And what I, I always try to, to do when I am talking with anybody, whether it's you know an Instagram post or it's a one-to-one coaching client or it's my membership members or whoever it is, is to always say these are the things that have been shown by research and studies to be useful. These are the things that I find useful. These are the things that other people find useful. Why don't you have a look at the selection and have a go? Let's see what could work for you. Let's see what feels good for you to try. Not in a, this is me telling you these are the things that make everything better. But here are some ideas. How are you feeling about them? How could you adapt them for you? What do you think could work for you? Because that's what I found really powerful for me was me taking what I saw from positive psychology research and thinking, all right, that sounds interesting. I'll have a go with it. And first of all, following it to the letter and then thinking, no, I need to, I need to 
change it for me that's not quite working and by doing it what how it worked for me that was how I felt again like I was getting some control back mm. and that felt empowering and that's so important for other people so that they're not feeling like they're just doing what you know a list of things that are going to make life magically wonderful and serene <laughs> but actually what can they take and figure out for themselves with some help as to what's going to be working for them in their life with their unique challenges and their unique circumstances. Mm. That was a long answer to your question. No, that was a great answer to, to my question. Um, I'm aware of the time and I, um, I have said I'm going to aim to keep these around 30 minutes. Ish, and we're, we're just coming up to that, I think, if I've added it up right. Um, so a couple of things. How can people work with you? Because right now I know that there's, there are some people who are, you know, coping with this fine. There are other people who are coping with this not at all. And there is a huge amount of people who are kind of, you know, in the middle and maybe thinking, I could really do with some additional tools and some additional support. And, you know, I've got all of these feelings. I don't know what to do with all of these feelings. And, um, what kind of work do you do with people? What kind of support do you offer? And how can people get more of you, basically, <laughs> in the nicest way? <laughs> um, well, there's a, there's a range. So it goes from, you know, what I post on my Instagram account and my free Facebook group to um, my newsletter. Oh, my lovely, my lovely newsletter people. I love writing to them. I don't like calling it newsletter because it feels like I'm writing, you know, a lovely letter to them. Here's the news. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. Yeah, it's not that at all. Yes. It's me having a lovely little chatter in natter in, in email form. Um, there's also um, my membership, the Calm Mind Club, which is open at the moment, but actually it closes tomorrow, which is Thursday the 16th of April. All oh, right. So if you're listening today um, on Wednesday the 15th, then head over to... A little bit less than it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's the calmindclub.com. Um, and that's my lovely monthly membership and then i work one-to-one with coaching clients as well and so everything you can find everything oh and the podcast i forgot about the podcast pressing pause podcast as well and you can find everything at gabrieltrainer.com which is g-a-b-r-i-e-l-l-e-t-r-e-a-n-o-r because that is not an easy thing to spell <laughs> my name is not easy to spell <laughs> yeah it's not spelt how it sounds yeah if that makes sense i think yeah i'm not sure um the last question you have have you sent me all of the links to all of those links to include in the show notes i will do yes if you could do that yes. we can get them them uh, all in i can make sure they're up in the show notes for uh, later on today uh final question what's giving you joy right now do you know what quite a lot of things actually hmm. um yeah because one of benefit of having done a daily gratitude practice for years one of the first things i started when i mm. when i discovered positive psychology is the fact that it doesn't just make you open your eyes to what you're grateful for but also just mm. all the lovely things in life so i just keep looking out of my window which is the other side of the screen looking at you because there is really vivid green grass and really bright blue sky and it's just gorgeous and that on its own is giving me joy so little little things like that little mm. things like you know fat bumblebees buzzing around when i'm 
I'm the cover tea out. The, the ones that are like, they're, they're so fat, you kind of think, how are you keeping yourself in the air? <laughs> well, they do, they do look a bit wobbly. <laughs> they do bounce around they, a bit. Yeah. You get all tired. <laughs> um, but I was listening to some of, some of um, your other interviews and people talk about the TV shows. That was really oh. interesting. And it's not even, it's slightly joyful TV show, but Designated Survivor on Netflix, I'm properly gripped by at the moment is that the one with Kiefer Sutherland in? yes yeah so I've seen the ads for it but I've oh, I mean I'm not yeah. going to spoil anything by telling you this but so I can tell you this but essentially the idea is that and this thing happens when everybody in the American government goes to the capital for the state of the union address there's mm-hmm. always one person who's generally quite a kind of a lowly cabinet minister mm-hmm. designated survivor who's the one who has to stay behind in the very unlikely occurrence that the capital gets blown up and everybody in the government gets blown up then there's a designated survivor but in the tv show that's what happens and keeper sutherland is the designated survivor so he then becomes present and i haven't spoiled anything because that happens in the first like five minutes of the show oh, okay okay there'd be no show with that but that's the premise that's of the, the show of it. right. it's from that point that uh-huh. they then go on yeah yeah and it's oh it's gripping it's brilliant love it oh okay <laughs> yeah i recommend I... That. I have to say, that's not the kind of thing I would generally think, oh, middle of a global pandemic, want to watch something called Designated Survivor about it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you up it's, on that. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. It is surprisingly, I think because it is detached enough from yes. reality, because it is quite bonkers, that it is, yeah, it is actually quite gripping in a good way. Not an, I don't do stressful TV. I don't do gritty. I don't do scandy gritty dramas. Oh, no. Oh, I can't, None of no, that. Can't. can't. Can't handle that. No. <laughs> I can't. My, I've got a friend who's still going, have you watched The Tunnel yet? And no. I watched the, I don't know if the first or the second, but there's a body on one, half is on one side of the, in the tunnel, and then they move the body, and it turns out the body's in half. That was it. That was it. <laughs> not watch anymore. Of yeah. that. No. Yeah. None, none of that for me. Thank I'll you. Take that. I can't do any true crime. I <laughs> no. just can't. No, no, I'm completely with you. Yeah. But the, the designated survivor is a bit like the West Wing in that it's actually quite sort of, it isn't, it doesn't feel too in reality. So you can kind of watch it as an interested observer as opposed uh-huh. to yeah. being right in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I will, I will check that out. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for um, putting up with our technical issues and for coming on and just bringing your wonderful, wise, calm presence. I really appreciate having you in my life and I'm really grateful I got to share a little bit of you with the, the rest of the world as well. Thank I'm really you. grateful that you asked me. Thank you. And I always am happy to chat with you, Joe, anytime. I, I love know. talking with you. I know. <laughs> mutual we've met in person even yeah. we don't live by each other but we met in person because yeah you've got in-laws that live not too far away from me mm. and yeah so we did we met up and had coffee didn't we and it I was thinking lovely only december i know it feels it was like a world away because of everything that's happened since i know i know it was only what like three and a half months ago yeah. wild yeah wild thank you my darling thank you 
Thank you for listening to the Business Not As Usual podcast with me, Joe Casey. Episodes are broadcast live on my Facebook page on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I would really appreciate it that if you like the show, you could give it a review in iTunes. It really helps people to find the show and helps me keep doing it. Appreciate you being here. I will see you next time. Thank you.